everybody, this is Raul Ramirez of Kung Fu Culture here. We're doing a new series, basically trying to do um, a podcast for this channel uh, because there's so many things that um, are happening in the world of Kung Fu. I think um, it's actually a, a great time because unfortunately, so in the United States, uh, when I was competing in Sanda, um, it, it, Sanda was popular, but then it kind of lost popularity. I think uh, ultimately uh, like MMA kind of just took over. And um, I heard from some of the Sanda tournament promoters uh, that they were saying that it became a little bit more uh, regulated in the United States. So it fell under the jurisdiction of like the uh, boxing promotions and the boxing um, commissions and stuff like that. So it became a little bit more difficult for uh, people to even have Sanda events and stuff like that. So um, with that being said, uh, kind of there's so many different things that made Sanda kind of fizzle out in the United States, um, but it's really very popular around the world, right? So unfortunately, it's not the biggest sport here in, it's actually in the United States, but um, almost in a way it doesn't matter because the rest of the world is, is enjoying it and practicing it and keeping it alive. So uh, that's a really great thing, okay? But the topic of today's uh, conversation is Tai Chi, actually. So back actually in 2008, China uh, applied to get Tai Chi. So, you know, the it's basically the meditative form of Kung Fu. So where you're, you're doing a, uh, a long sequence of movements that flow into like one, one movement flows into the next movement and you're doing it at a, at a slower pace and you're focusing on your breathing. Um, it is actually considered a type of moving meditation. So, you know, you often you'll see people seated and motionless, just breathing. Uh, and that's, I think that's people's idea of what meditation is. And it, it is a version of meditation. Usually, usually you call that seated meditation. Uh, but things like Tai Chi and uh, Qigong are types of moving meditation. So Qigong, you'll have different postures that you'll hold, right? Different positions that you'll stand in. Uh, also, you can sit down as well, but you'll have these different uh, positions that you'll breathe in and you envision different processes in happening in your body, like moving your body's energy, uh, using your breath to help heal uh, different parts of your body, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But Tai Chi or what people call Tai Chi, um, is uh, like still doing that. You're still moving and focusing on your breathing. And this in turn helps, helps you in many ways, right? So like if you're, if you're, because you're, you're going to be moving a lot more, you're actually going to be covering a lot more ground once you learn a sequence, a Tai Chi sequence. So some of them are very long, uh, having over 100 movements. So once you learn the entire sequence, um, then you'll actually be covering a large area. So this is kind of one of the drawbacks uh, for Tai Chi because, um, say, for stuff like seated meditation or Qigong, where um, it's much more simple, in those types of meditation, you can actually get to that whole like uh, meditative zone 
quickly, right? So where you start feeling the the benefits, you start kind of uh, easily forgetting about or like clearing your mind, forgetting about uh, the outside world and whatnot. But for Tai Chi, I guess in a way, you, if you struggle to remember the movements, that's a way of kind of forgetting about the rest of the world um, uh, because you're just thinking about, oh man, what, what move comes next? But I don't consider that necessarily being inside the, the meditative zone, right? Where you want to be um, for like getting the maximum benefits of meditation. But with that being said, once you learn a significant amount, and once you learn like the full uh, sequence and you practice it over and over, then um, you can get into that meditative zone. Uh, and the more you spend time doing the routine, then you'll get into the meditative zone faster and faster. So um, it, it is ultimately very beneficial. But one of the things that I, um, I reported on is like, uh, I believe one of the reports done by the UN or UNESCO, right? So it's like the 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 section of the United Nations that uh, gives this accreditation to the different martial arts or different cultural heritages. Um, uh, they showed or they talked about Tai Chi nowadays only being about twenty percent. Um, like accurate or 20% like uh, uh, the way or effective in a way. So there's so basically what they said was that, and I believe China also kind of, this, this became um, kind of part of the whole report where it's like only about 20% of Tai Chi nowadays is like real or legit, right? So uh, kind of what happened is like you have the original version, right? And the original form that, had or still retained a lot of its martial art ability. So I think this is one of the one of the questions that many people have for Tai Chi is like, oh, can you fight with it? Well, perhaps if you were doing one of the original styles with a an original practitioner um, who knows a lot of the fighting applications, then yes, you can definitely you can definitely fight with it. You can definitely use it for basic self-defense. You know, you're not going to be necessarily winning kickboxing tournaments and whatnot, but uh, at least you can kind of uh, like defend yourself with it, right? Because a lot of the tradi traditional Tai Chi styles have uh, a lot of joint locks. Um, so like if someone tries to grab you, there's all kinds of ways to uh, counter lock them right um there's different like kicks and stuff there's basically a lot of different things that are very effective in a real self-defense situation but unfortunately a lot of that hasn't necessarily been lost but a uh, few practitioners know it so only about according to the numbers given by uh, the initial uh, reports done by China and the UNESCO is that only about 20% of practitioners are legit, right? And but does that that does not mean that, like, say someone who enjoys the meditative aspect or who or who are uh, uh, only doing it for fun, you know, and exercise and stuff like that, because they 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 should continue regardless of who their practitioner is, because there's besides the meditative aspect, which is very powerful and profound. Uh, there's also many other benefits that have been shown uh, by th that you will get by the by practicing Tai Chi. So I believe uh, a university nearby, 
here I'm in I'm in Los Angeles, California. We have a university um, to the south of us called UC Irvine or University of California Irvine. They did a lot of research on the health benefits of Tai Chi and uh, Qigong, like the different types of meditative Kung Fu styles. And they found that it, it re not only does it help, say, like balance, because you're doing movement slowly so you, and methodically. So these over time improve your balance. So uh, you'll be falling down less, right? And uh, this is going to help you as you age, right? So you definitely don't want to be falling down uh, much at all, like as as you get up in up in years, right? Um, also, uh, it helps your immune system function better. So that's one of the other um, benefits that that UC Irvine found. But it says this is one of the Tai Chi is one of the exercises that that betters your immune function uh, as opposed to other styles of exercise so it is very very effective at improving our health right or improving our immune system function right so uh, there's so even without knowing or, or learning from uh super legit uh, practitioner who knows all the ways to to fight with the style, uh, you can still get all these great benefits. So for for anybody who's interested in learning Tai Chi, and there's only like a one person in your town practicing it or teaching it, it's totally fine to go learn from that person. Tai Chi in particular in particular doesn't really have any like downsides to it. Uh, but if you're looking for someone who is like, if you're looking for someone who can teach you the fighting stuff, which I don't think really people, very many people are looking to Tai Chi to fight or whatever, then, um, you know, very few people will know how to effectively use uh, the techniques of Tai Chi at, uh, to fight, right? So if you're not looking for that kind of thing, then you should be fine training or learning from uh, virtually any teacher in your town, right? Because a lot of times it's all about learning the whole sequence of movements. And then once you memorize that and kind of, and you can kind of um, do the, do the form without having to stop and think about what comes next, what move comes next in the sequence, then you can better get or easily get into that meditative zone. Right, so you're focusing on your breathing as you move. You start clearing your mind. Uh, you're, you, you, it's so easy to then really reap all the main benefits from practicing Tai Chi. So uh, it's something very, very good. And then maybe if if you happen to find a very good instructor, and the only thing I'd want to say is that like there's some. Uh, so there's different, like say Tai Chi styles. So different, like say families who, who develop their own form of Tai Chi. Unfortunately, a lot of the, say even some of the famous families, family lineages, um, they they'll have people from that family lineage that didn't necessarily, um, uh, like learn a lot of the fighting stuff. But then now they're claiming it, and I think that, like they've been able to fool a lot of people who who like say are newbies right they don't know any better they're not they're not necessarily proficient in fighting and they're not 
um, like kung fu experts and whatnot. So uh, they 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 might get fooled, but ultimately, I mean, they can still get all the health benefits. So um, I guess the, I guess the main point is yes, Tai Chi ultimately is a legit style, right? Where you can uh, have a lot of techniques for self defense. But as China and the UN or UNESCO have stated, only about 20% of practitioners know the real thing. But by when I say real thing, I mean the fighting thing, right? The self-defense stuff, right? So um, if you're not necessarily looking for that, then you should be fine to practice it because the meditative benefit and like say all these other immune system function and balance, all these things are just vital for your longevity so it's something that's really really good um there's a really cool uh, article from uh Roddy, china um so they kind of talk about where it actually took 12 years uh for unesco to add tai chi to the list of intangible cultural heritage of humanity list um because they initially um applied for it but they said that china uh, submitted so many things all at once that the un is or unesco is just like no we got it we're going to reject a bunch of things because it's just too much too many things right um let me see it it's a uh, it says the 400 year old martial art is the foremost kung fu the foremost of kung fu's internal styles its soft movements contain combat applications and wrestling techniques but it's more famous today as a mode of well-being and internal cultivation. Right. So, um, um, yeah, it says Tai Chi meets UNESCO's criteria representing a masterpiece of human creative genius. So yes, I would still recommend that people uh, practice it or learn it. Um, I do, I compete in, um, you know, in grappling, and and I've, I've won a couple uh, the national championships in the United States, um, but Tai Chi um, is something that I've learned. I've learned several styles of it, several forms. Um, I think it's, I think the meditative aspect is really great. Um, so if you're, like, I would say don't worry about it. Just, just learn it if you're interested. Just try it. Like go for it, right? It's uh, not gonna hurt you, and if it is hurting you, that uh, you you, may, you might have a weird instructor, right? So um, there's really no downside to it. So I'd say go for it. And yes, ultimately, if you want, if you're wanting the health benefits, then all practitioners are legit. If you want the martial art aspect, self defense aspect, then uh, that might be a little bit more difficult to find. But, you know, I'd say just keep practice, like start practicing, start learning, and then maybe eventually you'll find someone who knows a lot of the, the self-defense of Tai Chi, Tai Chi styles. Maybe we can even do a series about it uh, on this channel because we've been doing a lot of Sanda stuff, but maybe we can kind of uh, branch off into helping to preserve the martial art aspect of Tai Chi and then also um, helping to preserve some of the... Uh, the the chinese traditional jacket wrestling or the, uh, chinese style wrestling but um so it's often called shuai jiao but shuai jiao is just a name for wrestling 
Um, and China has several traditional styles of wrestling. Like I was wrestling in uh, Yunnan province where the native people there, the Yi people, uh, they do their own style of wrestling. No jacket, you like no shirt on uh, and you wrestle to pin the person down. Uh, so the jacket wrestling uh, is another traditional wrestling style of China. And the, and the way it's practiced nowadays is that you uh, just have to get someone down, right? Or you have to make the, like one part of their body touch the ground that is not the bottom of their feet and then you win, right? So um, we can kind of, I, maybe I can kind of talk about how there are several different styles, um, several traditional, several traditional styles of China, of wrestling in China. Uh, we can kind of talk about that but all of them really um, need to be preserved. Um, I think especially the jacket wrestling, that's really like kind of losing popularity just in general. Uh, and uh, I think it's something to kind of talk about. Maybe we'll do some videos about. So we'll kind of, that's something maybe to look forward to or something that, um, you know, we'll be putting out for you. Cause it seems like a lot of people right now are getting more interested in, in the Sanda because actually a lot more uh, some of the practitioners are doing very well in MMA. So we'll still keep doing that because that's the class I teach at UCLA. Uh, that's the University of California, Los Angeles. It's one of the best universities in the world. So um, luckily, because we have so many students and we have such a diverse uh, martial arts program, we have Sanda there. Uh, and many students enjoy it. So hopefully we can get a little bit of, res of a resurgence in popularity in the United States for Sanda, especially since uh, Chinese fighters and even Filipino fighters um, are using Sanda in MMA. So uh, we'll just continue bringing out the Sanda content. All right, so uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and just sign off here and uh, we'll continue answering questions. If anybody has a, a question, you can go ahead and put it in the comments. We can kind of talk about that in the next uh, live stream. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. See you next time.